In a rage, she shrieked and jerked at the leather straps, the chair squealing against the bolts that held it to the floor. All the noise brought laughter from down the hall, and now the guards whistled and made crude comments, one shouting the time every five minutes. She settled in her chair and cried dryly, her body aching for water the way the drowning ache for air. But even as she cried, the clock kept ticking, its gentle racket like a train whistle inside her head. She thought she might take her own life if given the power, but this was a wasted thought. And more came with it. Her childhood, her father's face, a boy she once loved. And time held its pace through it all. Unmoved by the problems of men, the clock on the wall tracking its progress with gentle rhythmic clicks. At last, she resigned to her fate, her body resting weakly, eyes fixed upon the cup of water. They'd enter the room shortly, she thought, and there was nothing within her to stop them, and no one would be coming to her aid. She rested her head against her shoulder, and when she did, the fly sat down on her cheek and scuttled over her nose. As if poked by something electric, her weakened body jerked to life. She writhed about, but the insect stayed affixed to her skin, its vile extremities tickling their way across this new terrain of supple flesh. At last, something within her broke, and she screamed until her lungs ran empty and her mind went black. Seconds later, her clarity returned the fly within her right hand, the leather confinements broken atop the floor. She looked at her free hand as if it had just grown from her wrist, the wounds gone, faint bruises where there had been open sores not minutes before. She glanced at the clock, but the time was gone. In a panic, she gathered the other strap into her free hand and pulled with little effort, the thing came apart like something made of paper. She held the fragments and studied them, her face pallid and awestruck. Suddenly, footsteps gathered outside. She stumbled from the chair, her body wavering atop infant-like legs. Before she could take even one step, the two monstrous guards appeared in the entryway their jaws made unhinged by her inexplicable freedom. For what seemed like several minutes, she stared at them and they at her, and then all three looked at the cup of water. In a panic, both men raced toward it, their hands reaching out, eyes wide as dinner plates. But before they could close the distance, Claire threw herself forward and bent over the table. She gathered up the cup and brought it to her lips, even as one of the guards took her right arm and twisted it backward. By the time it reached her mouth, the cup had nearly emptied, but for a few drops which splashed onto her face and slipped between her open lips. Soon she was on the ground, the two men restraining her, one clubbing her face with what seemed like a two-ton fist. But even as he wailed away, 
she felt a growing heat within her body. And soon she was on her feet, one of the great giant men cowering against a wall, the other clutching a useless arm that now bent in all the wrong places. Please, the other guard said as he pressed his body flat against the wall. I'm sorry. Just go, please. She approached him and bent low, taking his bristly jaw in her small, delicate hand. And then his screams invaded the halls and traveled deep and far throughout the facility, where Dimitri sat at his desk, sipping coffee and smiling.